discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I have so many things to share with you, but I'll just summarize it, okay? So we are looking at the vocabulary of salvation, isn't it? How many of you remember this from two weeks ago? The vocabulary of salvation. And we spoke about how that the vocabulary of salvation begins from it has to do with various terminologies related to salvation, isn't it? Yes. And we mentioned that it starts from origination. Do you remember? All the way to glorification, isn't it? And we mentioned that between origination and glorification are many terminologies that aid the understanding of salvation. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we must understand some words in the Bible. For instance, when you're reading the Bible, you see so many. Okay, look at um, Romans chapter 4, verse 25. I mean, you can't read Romans without coming across some of these words. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So what's the meaning of justification? Next verse. That is chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. I mean, so many times, glory of God, hope, you know, wherein we stand, peace, reconciliation, propitiation. Go to Romans chapter 3. Let's read from verse 23. Romans 3, 23. Today I will talk about Romans 3 a lot. For all have sinned and come short to the glory of God. Verse 24. It says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. What's, what's the meaning of redemption? Are you seeing it? Next verse. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation. What's the meaning of propitiation? So you may read this and you don't know what, what they are talking about. You are just reading It's like newspaper. Yeah. Whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. To declare his righteousness for the remission of sins. So what's the meaning of remission? I mean, you don't understand. That are passed through the forbearance of God. What's the meaning of forbearance of God? Are you seeing what I'm talking about? So you read the Bible, you realize that you are bereft of a lot of information. All that concerns your salvation is something you are not really... Uh, it's like you are reading Arabic. So we are trying to help you understand some of these critical words in the Bible. So all these words are going to be explained. Okay? Hallelujah. And we started off the last time by talking... We mentioned that in our origination... Origination talks about what happened before time began in eternity. Okay? As revealed in the scriptures. I mean, I was not there in eternity. Neither were you. But the Bible has revealed some things concerning the decisions that God made 
or the plans that God made before time began. I hope you understand. And the first thing we are introduced to is the decree of God. The decree of God. Do you remember? Yes. So the decree of God speaks about what God says, what God does, what God speaks about. Every king must of necessity have decrees. A decree is a word that is spoken. Hallelujah. Yeah. Cyrus gave a decree that Jerusalem should be rebuilt. The temple should be rebuilt. Various kings give decrees. And if a decree is given, that is it. For instance, King Xerxes was made to give a decree concerning Israel to destroy all Israelites on a particular day. Okay? He gave a decree. He was pushed by his counselors to make that decree. And he made that decree and gave embossed it with a signet or with a ring. Then he realized that his own wife was also an Israelite, so his own wife would also die. And the wife came to come and talk to him. And then he said that, listen, my decree has already gone out. Because my decree has gone out, I can't change my decree. So I'm going to give another decree. That if anybody's attacked, any Israelite's attacked on that day, that Israelite has a right to defend himself. So it's either kill or be killed. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So decrees are what God says. And what God has said before time. And we spoke about how that the decree of God is about the counsel of his will. Isn't it? I'm just trying to recap for you. Hallelujah. God gave a decree in eternity. God's eternal purpose according to the counsel of his will. Whereby for his own glory, for God's own glory, he foreigns whatsoever comes to pass. According to the Westminster Shorter Catechism. I mentioned it to you, isn't it? So I explained God's decree as his will. And then I also explained God's decree as his counsel. Isn't it? Praise the Lord. So if you were in here, I think you should get it. Okay? And listen to it very well to help you. So, God's counsel is to prove that God is consummately wise and cannot be upgraded in any way. God cannot be upgraded in any way. When God says this, that is it. He cannot be upgraded. God is wise. How many of you know God is wise? How many of you know that you can't be wiser than God? So, if God says this is this, if the God says this is a boy, for instance, we are trying to defeat God's wisdom with respect to our agenda. But it is not working. Have you realized? Yeah. Someone... Charlize said that her child, when the child was three years old, the child was a boy, but at three years old, the child said that, oh, mommy, I feel like I'm a girl. At three years old. How, how did the child even get the words to say that? So she's raising the boy as a, as a girl. So now the boy is 10 years old, and he's now a girl. He dresses him as a girl, talks to her, him. You see, I'm even confused. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, God, God's wisdom cannot be upgraded in any way. You can't advise God, okay? His plans are immutable. God has no past or future. He foreknows all things. Even time is a creation with God. God created time, so he doesn't, he's not in time. So, God's decree is eternal, is efficacious, and is immutable. God's decree is eternal. In other words, when he talks about something, it is eternal. He's not going to change his mind about it. Uh-huh. And your salvation is a decree of God. Our salvation is a decree of God. And that decree is eternal. It is efficacious and it is immutable. It cannot be changed in any way. So God does not have plans of not saving you after some time. Of you being saved. Please, you understand? Or because of one thing that you did or the other. No. Hallelujah. Then we went on to the foreknowledge of God. The foreknowledge of God. And we define the foreknowledge of God as to know beforehand. 
to know experientially. And then I spoke about the things, some things that God foreknew. God foreknows his plans and foreordains his plans. God does not get into the foreknowledge of individuals. Okay? That's why I was trying to let you know. Hallelujah. So someone said, God foreknew that I will be born again. So, uh, he made plans for me to be born again. The other person who is not born again, God foreknows that he will go to hell. That is why God does not do anything about him going to hell. I hope you understand. That will be a bunch of confusion. It means that God knows those who will be saved already. Then why did he start everything? Why didn't he just, right then, creation? he says, all of you, you people, no matter what I do, you are not going to believe in me. So, uh, all of you are going to hell. Then he puts everybody there. Then all these people say, oh, you guys, <laughs> you believe in me. I know already, you believe in me. So, all of you should go to heaven. There's nothing like that. God foreknows and foreordains his plans. Not the individual. So I want to read something to you that to summarize what I'm trying to say along this line for you. Okay? It's in the Dick's Bible. If you don't have a Dick's Bible, I think you should get one. It will help you with some of these things. Okay? Okay, so it is God's plan that he foreknows. You can write it down. It is God's plan that he foreknows. It is God's plan that he has foreknown. Okay? It is God's plan that he has foreknown. And predestinated. It is God's plan that what? He has foreknown and predestinated. Did I talk about predestination the last time? I didn't talk about predestination. So that's the next thing, but I've started talking about it already, okay? So it is God's plan that he has foreknown and predestinated. So I mentioned one of the things that God foreknew about was our salvation. So our salvation was not concocted. When Adam sinned. Our salvation happened. Our salvation was planned before Adam sinned. That is why the Bible talks about how that Christ was crucified before the foundation of the earth. In Ephesians chapter 1. Look at Acts chapter 2 verse 23. The last time I mentioned this too. Acts 2 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Have you seen it? He's talking about Jesus. How Jesus was delivered by the determinate counsel. Determined, predetermined or foreordained predestinated counsel of God and foreknowledge of God. You have taken them by wicked hands, have crucified and slain. So the people who slew Jesus or killed Jesus were just acting out what God had already foreordained. I hope you understand. Uh So it is the plan concerning our salvation that was foreknown and hence foreordained. Not the individuals who will accept it. Okay. I said so many things. I want to go back. Okay, so just write it. It is God's plan that he has foreknown and predestinated and not the individual conformity of free wills to the plan. It is God's plan that he has foreknown and predestinated. And not the individual conformity. Not the individual conformity of free wills. Not the individual conformity of free wills to the plan. Not the individual conformity of free wills to the plan. As for your free will, your free will is in your hand. You decide where you want to go. Everybody is going to be given that opportunity to choose wherever he or she wants to go. It depends on them. He has called all men. He has called all men. And all men are free to accept or reject the call. He has called all men. And all men are free to accept or reject the call. He has called all men. God has called all men. And all men are free to accept or reject the call of God. Hallelujah. John 3.16 says it 
First Timothy 2, 4 says it. Second Peter 3, 9 says it. Revelation 22, 17 says it. Look at Revelation 22, 17. I mean, oh, it, it's clear in the Bible. Or else, this, all these things will be defeated by the notion that God knows who will be saved before time began. Like I said, it wouldn't make any sense why we are living. And the Spirit and the bride say, come. And let him that heareth say, come. Let him that what? Say, come. And let him that is at first come. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. It's, it's up to your will. If you hear, come. Have you seen it? Yeah. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. God who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. God who will all men, he will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there's one, go to the next verse, verse 5. For there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who was given as a ransom. Hmm? Next verse. Who gave himself a ransom for all? A ransom for who? All. To be testified in due time. A ransom for all. So all men are to be saved. That is why we have to preach the gospel. That is why you don't have to cry it in your class. Because someone may go to hell in your class because you decided to keep quiet. Someone may go to hell in your business because you decided to keep quiet. Someone may go to hell around you because you decided to keep quiet. So it is on us. So the next verse, Paul says that, Whereby I am made for this purpose, whereunto I am ordained a preacher. I am ordained a preacher. Was Paul ordained a preacher before he got born again? No, when he got born again, then God ordained him a preacher. So there are things that start in the new birth. The new birth is the plan of God designed beforehand. When you come in, then you are elected. When you come in, then you are foreordained. When you come in, then there's foreknowledge concerning you. But if you don't come in, the foreknowledge God has for you is on the other side. Let me show it to you. Can I show it to you? Okay, so I mentioned that he has called all men and all are free to accept or reject the call. Isn't it? Full stop. All who do accept all who do accept the call, he has foreknown and predestinated. All who accept, who do accept, okay? All who do accept the call, he has foreknown and predestinated to be conformed to the image of a son. To be conformed to the image of a son. He has foreknown and predestinated to be conformed to the image of a son. That his son might be the firstborn among many brethren. All who do accept the call, he has foreknown and predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that his son might be the firstborn among many brethren. That his son might be the firstborn among many brethren. Full stop. So look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans 8, 29. I'm just using the, this to explain foreknowledge, foreordination, election, and all those things to you. Hallelujah. For whom he did foreknow, have you seen it? For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. Go to 28. Let's read from 28. And we know that all things were together for the good of them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Next verse, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, say for whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. That he might be the first one among many brethren. Have you seen it? Uh -huh. Now, who did he foreknow? How, who are those he foreknew? He foreknew those who accept the plan of salvation which he had foreknowledge concerning. 
So, foreknowledge for you begins when you accept Christ. You become alive to God. Your life now starts when you... Your life has not... That's what I said last week. Your life has not started. If you have not given your life to Christ. You are just existing. Read, read Genesis chapter 4. You'll be surprised. Genesis chapter 4, you see, talks about how that Esau left... Is it Esau? Cain, rather. Cain left the presence of God. Cain killed his brother and then left. He left the presence of God and was living his life anyhow, outside of the presence of God. Now, Cain did a lot of things. It was Cain who brought agriculture, agricultural tools. He brought metals. He started working on weapons, started working on engineering. All those things came from Cain. Music even came from organ and all those things. He made them. It was Cain's children who did them. But not even one of them have their ages recorded before God. Not even one person has his age recorded that when Cain was 500 years, he gave birth to this person. Well, he just, if you, you can read it, Genesis chapter 4, he just mentions what they did. Oh, they did this, they did that, they did that, they did that. They just contributed to life and, and its advancement. But their actual living was not recorded before God. In other words, they were just existing. Genesis chapter 4, verse 17. And Cain knew his wife. People have asked questions concerning how Cain got his wife. Well, Adam and Eve had daughters before they had sons. Cain was the first son, the first male born of Adam. Because Adam had female children before they had a son. So when Cain was born, Eve said that, finally I have a male child from God. That is Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. <laughs> so, Cain married one of his sisters and left. Okay? We didn't have any other people in another place. That's where, I don't know how, how that happened. There was nothing like that. Okay, let's go to verse 1. Someone is saying, hey, what are you saying? And Adam knew his wife, Eve, and she conceived and begged Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. That isn't it. I have gotten a man from the Lord. I've gotten a man from the Lord. I've gotten a male child. You have BB, right? ISB or BB, one of them will tell you, explain it. ISB will explain it very well for you. Read out loud. Okay. And the man knew his wife, and she conceived and bare king and said, I have gotten a man with the help of Jehovah. This one says, I've gotten a man with the help of Jehovah. Which one, which one do you have? Later, Adam had sexual relations with his wife Eve and became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have given birth to a male child, the Lord. I have given birth, birth to a male child. Have you seen it? Uh, then he called the child the Lord. Now, what that connotes is that she had female children. And this was the first male child that she had. During those times, they didn't count ladies. I'm so sorry, ladies. Today's Mother's Day, but that was, that was the truth. During those times, they didn't count ladies. Verse 17 in the Amplified. Genesis 4.17 in Amplified. Okay. Go to Genesis 4.17 Amplified. And Cain's wife, one of Adam's offspring, isn't it? Uh-huh. became pregnant and bore Enoch. This one has settled it. It's okay. And built a city and named it after his son Enoch. Next verse. Let's read King James now. And Lamech took two wives. And Lamech took Unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada and the name of the other Zillah. Continue. And Ada bare Jabal. He was the father of such as dwell in tents and of such as have cattle. 
and his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such handled the harp and organ. They started handling harp and organ. They brought music into the system. Hallelujah. And Zilla, she also bent to Bakin, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubakin was Neymar. And Lamech said unto his wives, Arta and Zilla, hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken on. She says, she says so many things. But what I want to see is that they, they did, have you seen that they did nice things, very nice things on, on earth, right? But you see their ages are not mentioned. Go to Genesis chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5 is a record of Adam's third son, who was Seth. Adam's first son was king, the second son was Adam. The first son killed the second son, isn't it? Then he had another son, a third son called Seth. And Seth was the one whose generation, who gave birth and all that. Okay? So, this is the book of the generation of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, made he him. Male and female created he them and called, and blessed them and called their name Adam. In the day when they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness after his image and called his name Seth. Do you see that in Cain's record? In Cain's record, we don't hear Cain's age before he gave birth. Isn't it? But in this place, we hear Adam's age before he gave birth to Seth. Next okay, next verse. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years. So we see how long Adam lived before he died. Also mentioned in Cain's era, in Cain's side, it is not mentioned. Why? If like go on, you see it. Plenty, and he begat sons and daughters. And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. And Seth lived 807 years and begat sons and daughters. Then it goes on like that. Like that. They always mention their ages. Why? Because they were the ones who were actually living in the timetable of God. Because they were in the presence of God. They, were, they had God. The other group did not have God. So the other group's life had not started. Yes, they were doing nice things. You can be an inventor who brought airplane into the world. It's good. You have just contributed to the world's advancement. But in the eyes of God, you were like a spoon. Do you say thank you to your spoon after using it? How many of you said thank you to your cup after you used it this morning? To your toothbrush. As you were brushing. Oh, toothbrush. Dear toothbrush. I love you so much. Wow. What would I have done without you? Oh. Is that what you did? You don't say thank you because it's just, it's, just, it's just contributing to your life. You can't say thank you to it. You can't reward it. You can't do anything important for it. It's just a tool. That's how your life is if you are not born again. Your life is just a tool. You are just moving around. You can bring iPhone and whatever. It's powerful. You contribute to our life. We'll continue living. Our lives will be better. But you are not living. You weren't living. You were just existing. And when you die, your name was not in the book of life. So your, your records, you are off. So it's very important that you understand some of these things. It's not that, oh, God has known who you. No, 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 no. It starts from salvation. If you don't accept Christ, forget it. Forget it. You are just existing. Hallelujah. So I said that all who do accept the call, he has foreknown and predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that the son might be the first one among many brethren, isn't it? Those who reject the plan, those who reject the plan, he has foreknown. Those who reject the plan, he has foreknown and predestinated to be consigned. Those who reject the plan, he has foreknown and predestinated. He has foreknown and predestinated to be consigned. You understand consigned? How many of you understand consigned? C-O-N-S-I-G-N-E-D. Consigned. 
he has consigned to eternal fire. It's not uh, temporal fire, eternal fire. Do you understand eternal? He has consigned to eternal fire as an everlasting monument of his wrath on rebels. Those who reject the plan, he has foreknown and predestinated to be consigned to eternal hell. To eternal hell as an everlasting monument. He has consigned to eternal hell as an everlasting monument of his wrath on rebels. Of his wrath on rebels. Wrath. W-R-A-T-H. His wrath on rebels. Hallelujah. We can look at Revelation chapter 14, verse 9. Revelation 14, 9 to 11. So, when you reject the plan of salvation, then God has foreknown you. Your, he foreknows your end. And he has foreordained you. Because you rejected the plan, there's a foreknowledge concerning you and there's a foreordination concerning you. So, everything starts at that junction of salvation. If a man accepts, fine. He's known, foreordained, to be elected, to be glorified to be sanctified, all those things. If he rejects it, he is foreknown to be confined and consigned to eternal hell and used as a monument to express God's wrath. That is why the lake of fire, you see, if you read in Revelation chapter 21, the lake of fire is, is there and we take excursions around it every now and then with the people who are living on earth at that time. Okay? We take excursions every now and then to see that this is God's wrath. All those who go against God, this is what happens to them. Then the Bible says that we are the trophies of his grace. We are to the praise of his glory. Then we are also shown as God's a sign of God's grace if you accept him. So our lives, this age that we are in, eh, is for separating two groups. One, to express the eternal wrath of God. They are that to express the eternal glories, the eternal beauties of God. And it's all on the junction of salvation. That is why salvation is so important. That is why the main thing is salvation. We must be saved. Then uh, the plan of God concerning our lives can start. Okay? And the third angel followed me, them saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, next verse, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. Next verse, verse 11. And the smoke of their torment ascended up forever and ever. It's not sometime, forever and ever. Don't say forever is 20 years and ever is another 20 years, making 40 years. It's not defined there like that. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. And these are human beings. Who will miss the rapture? Because they rejected salvation. The great tribulation is for just seven years. I'm sure during that seven years, no child will be born. Because if a child is born, if you will be born into the great tribulation. God doesn't want any problems for the child. So no child will be born. You can have sex, but you can't have child. You will not even have an opportunity to have, be having sex around. Because there's serious, serious tribulation. Thank God you have missed it because you have given your life to Christ. If you have not given your life to Christ, that's what you are heading towards it. We don't know when the rapture will come. We don't know when the church will be matured in God's sight and you decide that this is the time for me to come for my wife. We don't know. 
So, if you are not born again, you should be born again. Because if you are not born again, you will miss the rapture. The qualification for the rapture is the new birth. If you are born again, you will go. Thank God. Hallelujah. So, that's, that's basically foreknowledge. So, the, I, I explained foreknowledge. Then, I just mentioned foreordination, right? Did I mention foreordination? What did I say? Predestination. I mentioned predestination. So, let me show you the words. The first one is foreknowledge. The second one is election. Okay? So, foreknowledge. What was the number I gave you for foreknowledge the last time? Check for me so that I number from there. Foreknowledge of God. B. Okay, so this is B. The decree of God is A, isn't it? Aha. Uh-huh. Then foreknowledge is B. C is election. Election. Then D is foreordination. Then E is predestination. Okay? I've explained foreknowledge for you. Election means to choose beforehand for a particular purpose. It means to choose for a particular purpose. So election is not a, it's not just a general term. Oh, this is why I elected this one. No, it's, it's to choose somebody for a particular purpose. Or to choose something for a particular purpose. Or to choose a group of people for a particular purpose. You understand? To select or choose for an appointed task. And there are various people that are mentioned in the Bible that God elected. So election is not generalized. Election is specific. Because of God's plan. So what God, first of all, what God is, he has foreknowledge of. And what God has foreknowledge of, he elects. <laughs> and what he elects, he foreordains. And what he foreordains, he predestinates. Are you seeing it? Okay, so... Examples of people who are elected. The first one is Abraham. Abraham was elected by God. Chosen by God. Okay? I'm explaining this one. Election. Abraham was chosen. Why did God choose Abraham? Why do you think God chose Abraham? Anybody have any reason why God chose Abraham? God chose Abraham because he likes to choose Abraham. Yes. You can't explain why he chose him. And it's specific. It's for Abraham. It's not for every other person. It's for Abraham. Out of Abraham came Israel. Plenty of people. And then the seed came. And then we are here. Did God choose Abraham because he knew that Abraham will obey him? Emphatically not. If God chose Abraham because he foreknew that Abraham will, will obey him, then God, the choosing is not by grace. It's by works. You understand? If I know that, oh, this boy, he will obey me. So, let me choose him. Then his obe- his, my choosing him is subject to his obeying me, which is his works. But by works shall no man stand before, no man be justified before the sight of God. Hmm. Romans chapter 9, verse 11. Let's, let's read some things, okay? For the children be not yet born. This is concerning Jacob, another person that God elected. When you are elected, it means that you are chosen from a number of people or a number of things, isn't it? Abraham was taken from all of the land of Mesopotamia. He was the one who, is who God chose. God said, I like this one. And he chose him. That's why I asked you the last time. Did you, what made you choose your, your dress? 
you, you just chose. Do you have any reason why you chose your dress? How many of you knew seven, seven years ago that you'd be choosing this particular dress at this particular time for this particular day? Hallelujah. So another person uh, God elected was Jacob. And the options were between Jacob and Esau. He has to elect one because it is only one that will carry the seed. I see it. So, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand. The purpose of God according to election. What was the purpose of God? The purpose of God was to bring the seed, which is Christ, into being through Abraham. Abraham gave birth to Isaac and Ishmael. In Isaac and Ishmael, God chose Isaac, not Ishmael. Nobody can ask God questions concerning why he didn't choose Ishmael. He said the seed shall be through Sarah. Abraham had other sons and daughters after Sarah had died. Do you know that? When Abraham was dying, he gave everybody their share of his property and sent them away and said, leave Isaac alone. Isaac is the seed that God has chosen. I don't know why God chose him, but God said it's this one. Not because Isaac was going to obey God. If you've noticed, Isaac didn't obey God much. Including Abraham. Abraham was a liar. So was Isaac. Have you noticed in your Bible? Yeah. Even when uh, Abraham was making mistakes in his belief concerning Isaac being born, God in the New Testament said that Abraham had so much faith. What are you talking about? The guy's faith was shaking. Yet Abraham, God says that Abraham's faith did not shake at all. He's chosen his life. He likes it. You can't ask foolish questions. You understand? Uh-huh. That the purpose of God according to election might stand. Not of works. It is not, election is not of works. But of him that calleth. Of him that elects. It's of him that elects. Look at the next verse. It was said unto her, the elder shall serve the younger. You can't do anything about it. So, there's a definition of election that is destroying the body of Christ. That I want to give to you. So that you know, whenever someone is saying that, you know that, hey, brah, brah, you've missed the thing. Let me give that definition to you. Can I give it to you now? Okay. Election is not, election is not God's sovereign act in grace. Election is not God's sovereign act in grace. Whereby he chooses those whom he foreknows will accept him. Election is not God's sovereign act in grace whereby he chooses those whom he foreknows will accept him or serve him. Election is not God's sovereign act. It's not at all God's sovereign act in grace whereby he chooses those whom he foreknows will accept him or serve him. This is not the definition of election. I hope you understand what I've, what I've said to you. It is not God's sovereign act in grace, whereby he chooses those whom he foreknows will accept him. If you foreknow that they will accept you, then why are you starting the whole thing? Then it means that it is dependent on their actions. Look at Romans chapter 11 verse 5. Even so then, at this present time also, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. He's talking about Israel. He says that out of Israel, there's a remnant, okay, that have been chosen, elected by God, and it is by grace, the election of grace. Hallelujah. 
so the actual definition is this. God's election is solely according to grace, not based on works. God's election is solely according to grace, not based on works. In his sovereignty. In his sovereignty. So God in his sovereignty. When we say sovereignty, his will. Okay? Sometimes you see a lady following a boy who is not correct. Everybody knows, apart from her. Have you seen that before? Everybody knows that this boy is not correct. She's the only one who knows that the boy is fine. I like this one. I can change him. It is her will. That is her sovereignty. We can't bend her will. No, no, no. We can't bend her will. He's a good guy. I love him. Pastor, you don't understand him. I know him. I love him. I understand him. I know I can change him. Your mouth. So strong. You believe so strong until you marry and then it just, everything just leaves you. I go, hey, hey. Oh. By some actions, we just know that, oh, this one is not correct. I notice. I know. I notice. Yeah. A lady can thank cross lady. As you are dating, your, your beloved can just insult you. As you are dating. My wife has never insulted me before. Never. Since I got to know her till date. And I, I, I got to know my wife in 2006. How many years ago is that? Some people were not even born. Oh, this is what they were born. 2000, how many years is that? 13 years. We've been married more than half of that time. Yeah. Before we got married and since we've been married, my wife has not insulted me before. That is why I married her. Yes. How can you marry somebody who can just insult you? We are And you say, I'm in love. You're a foolish boy. You don't, you don't know that you're a foolish boy. You're a foolish boy. You just don't know. You, this girl, this boy is beating you and having sex with you and insulting you. He's beating you. He's not married to you and he's having sex with you. Are you a fool? Why do you think that when he marries you, you see the way he, he didn't put a ring on your finger, but he was able to sleep with you? Why do you think that he will not sleep with somebody he has not put a ring on their finger? What, why? Why do you think? What is so special about you, your finger, that what is so special about you? I noticed. What, no, what is so special about you? Is it because of your beauty? Listen. Beauty, eh? Beauty is nothing. Beauty is like rag. Beauty. We don't marry because... You see the way I did that? We don't marry because of beauty, oh sister. What? You were a joke. Having to see very beautiful women who have divorced. Have you seen some before? Fair girl, everything. Yet someone got married to her and said, I don't like anymore. You are not what? You are not good enough. So it's not your beauty that you used to marry and preserve your marriage. You better start getting involved with God before something bad happens to you. The people who end up alone are women. That is why you, the lady, you must make sure you are choosing with wisdom. Don't choose foolishly. You have a choice before we marry. As much as we choose you, to, you, to, you choose us. Yeah. So don't just, oh, that's why nobody's coming. This is what has come. You are, you are, don't, don't make that mistake. 
you understand? Because at the long run, the one who will be alone, the one who will be alone, even the kids will leave you, is the woman. There are a lot of women who are lonely. They are, they are alone. Lonely. So alone. Nobody to love. Praise the Lord. So I hope you understand election. Yeah. Uh-huh. So when you become born again, then you are elected. Look at First Peter chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Peter, the apostle of Jesus Christ, the strangers scattered to our countries, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elects according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through, the election is through, he says, you have been elected According to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through number one, sanctification of the Spirit, number two, obedience, obedience, uh, or, uh, or and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Have you seen it? Uh, now, wh- where did all these things happen? They happened in Christ. Are you seeing it? So, your election as a child of God is done in Christ, it is not done outside of Christ. That's the basic thing you need to understand. Okay? There are many other people that God elected. God elected Israel. I've showed it to you. God elected Abraham. I've showed it to you too. God did so many elections. There are so many things that God elected before time began. So Christ, God elected Christ. God elected all Christians. God elected all Israel. God elected angels. Okay? Anyone chosen of God at any time, Jew or Gentile, is the elect of God. All men are called to become God's elect or chosen ones and can be if they will choose God. If they would choose God, then they can be the elect of God. Does it make sense? Don't misconstrue the scriptures at all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Then the next thing is what? Foreordination. To foreordain means to put something in a proper place. To put something in its proper place. Okay? That's foreordination. To put in a proper place. To put in a proper place. So God... So, this, this is how it says. What God decrees, he foreknows. What he foreknows, he elects. And what he elects, he foreordains. He puts in a proper place. So that that thing, for instance, uh, our, our, our salvation, okay, and our consequent conformation to the image of the Son, which is Jesus Christ, okay, has been, of, has been foreordained already by God. No matter what you do, at the end of the day, you will be to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. So, let me explain foreordination and predestination together. These two, okay, because they normally go together. Predestination means to, uh, to put borders or boundaries. Okay? To put borders or to put boundaries around something. To determine beforehand. To set boundaries. Okay? Beforehand. The Greek word is prorizo. Prorizo. P-R-O-O-R-Z-O. Prorizo. P-R-O-O-R-I-Z-O. And prorizo is the word from which the word horizon. Have you heard of horizon before? Horizon. Or horizon comes from. Horizon is the border between the heavens and the earth when the sun is setting. The horizon. I say it. Uh-huh. So the word for predestination has to do with putting a boundary, setting a boundary before time. So what it means is that there's a there's a destination for us already. 
And that destination is Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Look at Romans chapter 8, verse 29. As a child of God, God has, it, and like I said, it's as a child of God. It's not outside the child of God. If you're outside a child of God, if, you are, if you've not accepted salvation, then your predestination and your foreordination and your foreknowledge is to end up where? In hell. To serve as a means of demonstrating the wrath of God in eternity. Have you seen it? Okay. For whom he did what? For no. Them he also did predestinate. What is the predestination? To be conformed to the image of a son. So that a son might be the first one among many brethren. The predestination and foreordination that God has for us is unto the adoption of sons. Or unto the conformation of the image of a son. I will explain the word adoption. It's in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. I hope I'm not confusing you. They are very, they are technical terms. So I just, I'm trying very hard to make it as simple as possible. Okay? It says, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation. The word chosen is elect. He has elected us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and without blame before him. Next verse. In love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. Have you seen it? One theologian was explaining this way. Go back. Go to verse 4. He says that verse 4, you know, punctuations and chapters and verses in the Bible were, were brought later on. It was a long letter. Okay, then the verses were introduced, uh, chapters were introduced by a certain man called Cardinal Hugo. Then later on, we had the uh, verses coming in as well. So, in that man's perspective, this scripture is supposed to be this. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should stand, we should be holy and without blame before him. On that day, we should, be, we should stand before him holy and unblameable. Then, the next verse is supposed to start from in love. The predestination is in love. He predestinated us in love. Have you seen it? So, it's supposed to be this way. In love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. The predestination that God has for us is in love. It's in his son. Please, are you here? Uh So what's the predestination? The predestination is that we will come onto the adoption of children. What's adoption? Adoption is choosing someone and training the person to come onto full maturity for the purposes of reigning. The first, one of the first people that had that word being ascribed to him was Solomon. You You know David had more than 16 sons. How many of you know? David had a lot of children. Solomon picked from him. Hallelujah. He had a lot of children, a lot of wives. That was why God was angry when he took Bathsheba, who was not who was not his wife, was someone's wife. God said, ah, if the wives are giving you anointing, I'll give you more. Some people in the New Testament want God to say that to them as well. You know, some people are preaching it now. People are preaching that strong now. But in the New Testament, it's not like that. In the New Testament, it's one man, one wife. <laughs> one man, one... The reason why God in the Old Testament allowed one man many wives was because of wars. Wars, men were the ones who went for war. And men died in mass in war. So in your generation, you could have... If we were in the Old Testament, in our generation, you could have about 50,000 men with about 1 million women there. So God permitted for you to have multiple wives in order to be able to satisfy everybody. 
But in our time, if you look at the ratio of men to women, there are no wars. We are alive. We are not dying. Yeah, so it's practically one is to one. So if you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it talks about let every man have his wife. His own wife. Yeah, so you can't say, oh, Charlie, God, God has not been fair. Now you do know the problems of one wife. That you want two and three and four and five. Why? You will die early. By the time you are 45, you are dead. So the first person that... So David had a lot of children, but just one can sit on the throne after his demise. The one who is going to sit on his throne after his demise or after his death is the one who is trained and raised to be a king. So the art of training and raising that one child to be a king is called adoption. So this word adoption is not the word adoption that we use in our, in our time. It's not that God wants to sign some documents to say, this child is not mine, but I like this child. Let's come home to me so I raise you. That's not what it means. Adoption, you cannot, in the, in the Bible, adoption cannot start until you have given birth to the child. Yourself. Uh-huh. So, uh, Solomon was adopted by David for the purpose of raising him to become a king in his stead. So the purpose that God has for us is that we will be raised to the image and the stature and the measure and the fullness of his son, Christ, so that we can reign and rule with him. That is our predestination. Okay, That is where God has designed for us to get to. So what it means is this. It's like a mango tree and a mango seed. The designation of the mango seed is the mango tree, isn't it? The mango seed is supposed to become a mango tree. Is it true? So you could have a mango tree sitting down. The mango seed will be looking at the mango tree and wondering when you become like the mango tree. That's what happens to most of us. When you look at Christ and you look at yourself, you're like, ah, the distance is like from here to mass, back 10 times. You're wondering. But in God's mind, your destination, he has predestinated. Where then, you, will, you the seed, you will grow to become the tree. At the end of everything, that's the plan of God, that you will be in the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ. Yeah, so that's why in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, look at Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that all things work together. Eh? All things work together for the good. There was synergy, synergy, to work together. They work all, everything, whether good or bad, whether favorable or unfavorable, whether good circumstance or bad circumstance, whatever it is, as a child of God, everything is working together for the purpose of bringing you to the designation of that tree, who is Christ, on that day. Yeah, so that boy who broke your heart is working together. It was not designed by God for that, but whatever happens to you is working together. It's all synergizing together for the purpose of bringing you to that designation on that day. Hallelujah. See, I can never go down. See, I always go up. In the name of the Lord Jesus. God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.